going on down there. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another WTFTFW Supplemental. My internet name is Vangelis, and uh, today I am talking to uh, a gentleman from Ripped Apparel. You might even say I'm talking to the gentleman from Ripped Apparel. Hello. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hi, Vangelis. Thanks for having me. Hi. My name's Paul. Hi, Paul. I'm uh, I'm Vangelis. Cool. Uh, we're, we're actually here to talk about, oddly enough, comic books. But you are from Ripped Apparel, and uh, if people don't know who that is, you guys uh, primarily uh, do the t-shirt thing, right? Yeah, we, we are an online t-shirt retailer, and we kind of do the, the limited time sale. We, we used to say 24-hour sale, but it's actually con- gets confusing over the years. It's 36 hours now, but we feature designs from artists all over the world, and we have new designs every night at midnight Central Standard Time. And we offer them for a really awesome price and share part of the profits with the artists that create them. That's cool. And uh, yeah, that, that space, the, the limited time t-shirt space, that's been a thing online for a couple years now, right? Like uh, you guys and then like your shirt punches and yetis and etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're all kind of in the same space. We started about seven years ago and we were one of one of the first to get into it. You know, we weren't the first. We definitely had some some big competitors at the time, but we kind of rose to that kind of stature where people were, I feel like we're part of the big, the big three that are in this space. Yeah. And, um, you know, through customer service and quality of product and just consistency. And we try to treat our customers with, uh, you know, a lot of respect. Same thing with our artists. Well, uh, before I get, cause I actually, I have some questions about what it's like to operate in that space. Cause I've never sure. done it, but I've, I've played, I've, well, I say, I was gonna say I've played around. I've bought t-shirts. That's what I've done. I have bought t-shirts <laughs> online. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we're, we're primarily here first and foremost to talk about, uh, the fact that you guys are getting into doing some retailer exclusive covers. You've got, uh, a cover for Optimus Prime number one, uh, by, uh, Tim Lim, Ninja Inc. Yeah. And, uh, you also have, I think this is like the, the, new reveal by the same artist is a cover for lost light number one as well yeah yeah and he's a phenomenal artist he's someone we've been working with in the t-shirt um kind of on the t-shirt side of things for many years and he's really kind of made a name for himself beyond that he's you know we have a artist from all walks of life you know hobbyists and professionals and everything in between and tim's one of those guys that really kind of came up from from the ground up and now i mean everything he does is amazing and he's done a lot of covers for idw recently like i think he did i think he did a back to the future exclusive retail cover uh he did a bebop and rock steady and i think both of those were number uh number one issues just like the lost light and the optimus prime design and he's kind of the one that convinced me to kind of go down this path and i'm really glad he did and i think the work we've done is i'm really proud of it I'm really excited to to, sh- to kind of reveal it with uh, with you here. Yeah, the uh, the Optimus Prime cover is uh, is uh, homaging uh, that. Uh, oh man, I always forget the number. Transformers number five, I think, from Marvel yeah. Comics. The uh, the Shockwave cover, and uh, Lost Light is straight up homage to the '86 uh, movie poster that was kind of an homage to the Star Wars poster uh, back in the day. Um, the Lost Light poster, like I. Uh, not not to diminish the Optimus Prime one because it certainly is a, a nice piece of art, but uh, the Lost Light poster looks like an enormous amount of work went into it. Oh yeah, Tim Tim was uh, definitely texting me over the process. He's like, "This it took me eight hours to draw Rodimus." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And he, you know, just um, that was kind of I was pushing him really hard on the on the Lost Light cover because you know it's the 30th anniversary of the movie and just. Originally, when this project started, I just wanted to do a more than meets the eye cover, and at the time, I was I didn't know that I didn't know that the the book was going to end, and it was right about that time when they started revealing, you know, I think it was New York Comic Con, mm-hmm. when they kind of revealed that they were going to end the book and a new book was going to take its place and it's going to continue the story, and so that really got me excited because I thought, oh my gosh, we can do a number one. That you know, because that's always it has a little more prestige to it than just you know fifty seven or something. Yeah. So, and that got Tim really excited. Plus, then they announced the Optimus Prime thing, and so he's like, "Let's do two of them." And I, 
he kind of convinced me he wanted to do it. And I thought, why not? Because that's pretty cool that Optimus Prime is going to have his own standalone for the first time, you know, other than the um, the one shots they did back yeah. in the beginning of IDW. But yeah, this um, this Lost Light cover, I mean, he, Tim isn't a super big, he's a Transformers fan for sure, but he wasn't really big on this story. I don't think he followed it as feverishly as, you know, some of the fan base does. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no one no one wants a cover with drift on it, man. <laughs> I was like, oh. like hey, hey, listen, <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, if you only knew, and I had to kind of, I had to source a lot of, uh, reference material from the, you know, the past two seasons of the book for him to really bring these characters to life. Yeah. And I think he did a great job. It really turned out awesome. I mean, absolutely. Cause uh, if you had told me he didn't really have much interest, interest in more than meets the eye, um, like if you hadn't mentioned that, I would have assumed he was as into it as you are, just because of like I said, the Lost Light cover feels like a straight up art print on, that could be poster sized. Um, yeah, there are so many characters in it. Like that, that seems like it was a ton of work. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely was. And trying to trying to get you know these poses don't really there aren't really references for some of these poses like yeah. like Nautica kneeling down and. And uh, ratchet, you know, aiming up, and uh, it's he. He really put a lot of work into this, and I can't do anything but praise him for it. And it was a labor of love for sure. I know, uh, especially with the the current IDW comics, and particularly with with the James Roberts cast members, uh, finding reference material is uh, is the pastime and sometimes bane of not just fan artists, but even working artists who are trying to do commission stuff. Uh, trying to remember, you know, like if Alex Milne's doing a commission, it's like, how did I draw the back of this character that we usually see from the front? And did I ever draw him from the back? Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because, you know, you're, you're making, you're trying to look for references of all there is are specific drawings by these other artists, you know, that are, that are really awesome. You know, Milne and Roach have done amazing work getting these characters even designed, but I mean, they don't exist in physical form. So you kind of have to fudge a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it really did, really did turn out. And I guess, um, at least getting the characters on here, that was kind of, you know, this book, all we really had to go off of at the time was the, the cover that they announced, which showed what, like Nautica and Ratchet and Drift and, the purple Rodimus and that's all we had. And I'm like, well, who, I don't know what happened at the end of the story. And I, I don't have any more info than anyone else does at this point. But I, you know, I prodded a lot. I tried to get in touch with James, um, and just be like, who should we put in this cover? (laughs) Would it it be a mistake to put this character on the cover of lost light? Number one. Uh, Yeah. Like, is he going to make it? I don't know, but this is, we kind of sent them a list and they just said, you know, of these people, sure. You can put the. I mean, we probably could have put anyone we wanted in there, but uh, we just, you know, I wanted to make to make it as relevant as possible. It'd be really silly if we put, you know, Roller on there and he didn't make it for whatever reason. Yeah. So we kept it to the core cast, and it was kind of cool because Cyclonus is in there, kind of in the same spot he was in the in the film, and Megatron's in Galvatron's spot. The funny thing, though, if you, you know, now that I look at it, you know, is that you have Rodimus in place of of. Ultra Magnus. Oh, yeah. Ultra Magnus is kind of in the back. It kind of flip flopped a little bit, but he's sort of like where Rodimus was in Winnebago mode. So, and you got, I mean, you got Whirl over there where Scourge was, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was Scourge. Um, who, by the way, I don't you know, not to tension too much. Really, really would love it if if uh, that fella could come back in the comics sometime. Um, every now and then, I forget what happened to Scourge, and I read up on it and. Uh, just makes me look at my trade paperback of chaos and then shudder and then yeah. go back to reading the current books <laughs> like a whole lot more. You know, what's a funny thing about this cover, like visually is that, and I don't know why they did this in the original, but we just kept with it. All the guns are not, they're not pointing like to a single point. They're just, they're kind of randomly like the lines of the, the, the fire from the, uh, the weapons, yeah. They're not like converging, which is it bothers me as a <laughs> in a symmetry sort of sense, but uh we stayed true to the original. Um I, I was gonna ask, uh does Tim do his own coloring as well? He does, yeah. And he 
this was, you know, again, I said it took a lot of time to get this this cover done, and he was getting married kind of around the same time. And oh dear, deadlines with um, licensors, and um, you know, I mean, I'm not saying IDW was hard to deal with at all; they were actually really awesome. But like trying to, we weren't sure if this was if this concept was approved, and we had the line work done, and the coloring had to happen, but. Tim was like, hey, here's a line work. You know, if they don't get an approval in quick, you're going to have to do it. And I was like, oh, dear. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to do justice because I am not anywhere near as, as uh, good at this stuff as he is. So I, I was going to ask, because um, you mentioned that, uh, you, you know, you'd reached out to IDW and James Roberts for, for uh, some info to help make the cover be a bit more on topic. Uh, like when, when a retailer is setting up, something like an exclusive cover like uh, what's that process like is it like you have to do you have to have any art ready to go when you pitch it or is it like you're just pitching you want to do a cover get some form of, of initial approval and then get going on the art well i mean we you know we have a reputation as a as a company that you know has been in business for a while so i think that that definitely helps but um first off just being able to get getting in contact is the first step and I ended up having somewhat of an in with some friends of mine. I'm in some circles on uh, some groups on Facebook. I think, you know, you did an interview with Sid recently. He's in that group. And it's some kind of some BotCon um, goers that, that are just, you know, a friend a friend group that meets every year at BotCon. And uh, yeah. some of those guys were kind of connected when I said this, when I pitched this. I was like, who knows how to get in touch with them? And I was, I was in touch in 15 minutes. So that was great. So just kind of knew the right people there, but then, um, told them we had some ideas, had some concepts. We didn't have artwork ready at all. We, you know, we didn't want to go that far. And we actually had some, the first idea for Optimus Prime was not uh, accepted because it was a bit too much of, it, it was homaging a, a previous Marvel cover that wasn't Transformers and they just didn't really, that's kind of in Rip's wheelhouse, but they weren't really comfortable with that. So, yeah. uh, um, unfortunately, that that artwork wasn't able to come to fruition, but it, it was pretty cool. Maybe someday we can show it off in a different way. But um, run a run a print at a convention or something. Yeah, maybe something like that, or, or even maybe t- it just it, if Tim wants to finish it in some some form, maybe we can uh, get it out there. You know, mm-hmm. that would be pretty cool. It was a it was it was a Captain America cover, a kind of a famous Captain America cover with replacing. Um, Captain America with Optimus with like an Autobot shield and oh, cool. he's like I, I don't remember the issue but he's like beating I think he's beating up Hitler or oh that but, I mean yeah the the that, that comes up every now and then uh, on, on Facebook and stuff yeah like he's punching out Hitler yeah yeah it was actually it, the concept was really cool and his execution was awesome so maybe someday maybe he can post that to like his DeviantArt or something that would be cool uh, that'd be cool yeah but uh, I think I'm getting a little off track yeah so we, we had that's we had some fun. ideas. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just like to tell the story as it happened. Um, so then we had to come up with a new concept, and um, we got the second. We, we you have to kind of sketch it up. You know, it has to be. It can't just be a, a chicken scratch. You know, they have to. You have to get enough so that uh, enough of a complete idea where the licensor can approve it. You know, they, and they trust that the final product will look okay. And so they, they really need to they need to vet the artist for sure. And luckily, they'd worked with Tim before, and he has a good body of work, so they were very comfortable with that. So that that also helped. I mean, you you could, um, I mean, I think I think as long as you have a something that can they know you can have a complete cover in time, and it won't just be awful. You know, it, then I think they'll. They'll trust you as long as Hasbro will approve it. As long as the licensor is okay with you know your execution of their property. Yeah, because to, to me that seems like that would be the most complicating factor of this that sets it apart from just doing uh, you know a piece of digital art is that this is going to be going to print and ostensibly somewhere down the road will be on a shelf. Um, yeah, you'd be it a digital shelf or not. That uh, yeah, you'd, you'd probably have to deal with 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 the licensor side of things. And uh, I just feel like the the idea of a retailer cover. Especially in 2016, like from a layman's point of view, it always seems like such a, an easy, like a quote unquote, oh, it's an easy thing to do. You know, get an artist together, do up a cover that you know fits those dimensions, and there you go. But I've always figured it's got to be a, a more complicated process than that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a process. If you have, I mean, I'm sure that 
the licensor and the you know IDW would prefer if you have completely finished artwork from the get go, but that's just not likely, you know, yeah. because what if they what if they say no and then you have this finished piece that well I can't use it, so it's kind of it's always a delicate dance to make sure you didn't waste too much effort. But so like originally with the lost light cover, I took to get the concept across and make sure that this was something they could do because like I said, they had already kind of said no to one concept. I I just took the original cover and I just pasted names over top of the, the characters, you know, like, hey, Ultra Magnus is going to be Rodimus. And just, just so my contact would know where I'm coming from. And if he thought it was, you know, it's like it's like levels of of approval. So he's like, okay, I think you can do this, but you definitely need to draw it. You can't just send me this and say it's going to be finished. I'm like, of course, of course. <laughs> but, but at least I got the conceptually it got across. And then we were able to complete the line work, send that on, and then you know, then the col- the colors were pretty much a shoe in at that point. The last point of contention, at least for the lost light cover, was um, the logo on the bottom, which is oh, right, right. T- typically you know the trade dressing is at the top, and it's it's uh, you know, so it's very easy to see in, in, on shelves. But since you know it's a retailer incentive or retailer exclusive, they're a little more loose with that because. You know, it's kind of like we're paying for it. We want it to be a certain way. So as long as it doesn't break any major, um, any style guide guidelines, we we were able to get away with it. So uh, the 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 concept was to keep it as close to the movie logo as possible. But then instead of putting the movie underneath, we put Lost Light and kind of the same. Um, the same kind of treatment to the text. I think that's what's also giving the the Lost Light cover that extra that extra hint of uh, art print style quality is that it is basically it comes off more as it's a poster with some comic book info on the bottom left and right corners. Uh, like it just it comes off as so much more of an art print because it doesn't have, like you said, like the the usual top third styles guide for a comic cover. Um, yeah, I was I was glad that I mean they they I just sent them the the artwork with the logo on it and they kind of you know built up the rest because they have their style guides and stuff. Yeah, and put you our know, logo on there. I thought it turned out really cool. I'm you very guys happy. keep it in your back pocket if they're like, no, the logo's got to be at the top. Just go like, well, then they're all shooting the logo. Is that what you want? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> meta. <laughs> um, with uh, so so with these being physical comics, like there you know there's, there's print runs happening, and uh, mm-hmm. is, is this is the, is this the first time you guys are doing like your your own like retailer exclusive physical copy of a comic book? Yeah, it definitely is. Which you know I know I, I don't I, I I've been doing this long enough to know that n- nothing's easy. So I'm not expecting it to be just like oh yeah, just throw the comics in a bag and send them to people. You know we're trying yeah. to do it right. And I've I've ta- I've consulted with a few um, people I know that that are um, kind of in the know on actually shipping comics. So I've, we, we should be able to do this justice and make sure that everything, you know, like I'm a, I'm a toy collector. I understand when people want stuff mint, you know, so we're going to do our best to make sure everything moves across really smoothly. And if someone buys, say, a shirt and a comic, we make sure that that is, you know, taken care of correctly and everyone ends up happy. And uh, if, if uh, like, so these are these are two comics you guys are doing. Uh, do you have mm-hmm. already any ideas for any future stuff or do you just want to ride this one out, see how this goes uh, and then operate well, on there? You know, um, I would like to do some more. It's kind of, this is definitely the, the um, dipping the toe in, of, of course. You know, IDW is really great to work with. They have so many different properties that, you know, we would love to kind of try this with. And um, I, I, what I don't know is if this is really what our fan base is interested in. I guess we'll we'll sort of figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, we do you know, like stuff in the Transformers realm because I I, I feel like I'm I, I have my ear to the ground pretty good with the the fan the fandom because I'm kind of deep in it. <laughs> I've been to a lot of botcons. I've got a lot of toys. I know a lot of people now. So. It's uh, it's something I we feel comfortable with, and if if this is a success, then maybe we can continue to do this. You know, I, I, I in a perfect world, I'd love to have some new comic every month. That would be amazing. You know, if we could pull that off. Well, uh, I I know with toys, this is something that often can't be said. I actually don't know about it with comics, but are you able to say like what the print run is on these covers? I mean, I, I don't know why I, I couldn't. I think I've already said it before, but we we are. Um, I think that the typical retailer exclusive run is about a thousand. Okay. So that'll that'll be that'll be the limited 
number of these. Yeah, I only ask because there have been, it's happened to me enough times where like, so how many are you making? And someone goes like, uh, yeah, a bunch. <laughs> we can't tell you. Yeah, you know, and I and I wouldn't blame them for saying that. I just at this point, it's just such an experiment, and just doing it for fun, and don't don't really mind that. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I feel comfortable just <laughs> telling the truth. Well, so. no, knowing it's a run of a thousand, like, uh, and and with it being your first go, like, was was that any moment of hesitation for you that like you had to commit to that many numbers? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely more than I would have liked, but I also feel like, well, I. I was re- I feel strongly about the artwork on these that they're you know they're pretty transcendent as far as like classic transformer um, stuff I mean they both they both homage old transformer things which um, I think I don't, I, they didn't have to but definitely the movie idea I, you know the, the lost light cover really felt like the right time with the, the movie being re-released on blu-ray and the 30th anniversary and and, and it, it, just, it just felt like the right thing to do. Oh, yeah. The Optimus Prime cover was a little more. I mean, there, I've, I've read some contentious debate about it, um, just with uh, the way it was meant to homage the cover and how it's a little bit nonsensical, which I totally understand. But I, I think still the artwork is really awesome. Yeah. I mean, that one, I just have to admit, it wasn't really meant to be taken literally. Like, it's not supposed to say Transformers are all one. Just kind of supposed to pretend the word isn't there. Yeah. You know, the Transformers word because like the original shockwave art you know, that that logo isn't there in the painting you know it's just kind of i always thought that that shockwave cover was so strange because i never really made the connection that it was supposed to say transformers are all dead i just thought it was just such a weird way just are all dead okay like that in itself was just such a odd phrase that that was worth homaging like particularly yeah so that's why we went with it well the the lost light one also like you know you've you've got the movie homage the movie was a kickoff for season three lost light is basically more than meets the eye season three um so there's there's a lot of connective tissue on there which i just realized um yeah uh, yeah the, didn't, yeah exactly that's exactly what we meant <laughs> yeah we went in we went in knowing thanks for identifying that <laughs> uh so with the uh, with the big print runs like i'm, I'm i would assume you've got you've got plans to like bring anything you've got like you know the next show you go to if there's anything still kicking around like obviously you're probably going to bring it along um oh yeah definitely we, are, we you know we did tfcon in chicago and we i wanted to reveal the optimus cover there and it just was a um a timing issue like as i was setting up the booth idw was like yeah you can definitely promote it and i'm like oh we're already here <laughs> can't do anything about that yeah but uh we we would have brought the books if if they would have been there and so we we don't do a ton of conventions, but uh, if if we do some more and we have some stock, we definitely bring them. Are you guys uh, considering getting Tim to sign any number of them? Yeah, actually, um, he will be doing that on his own, and I believe he does he does a lot of shows, so he uh, will have his signed copies. And he usually does like, uh, man, there's a big uh, I think Austin. Austin Comic Con, um, down in the South. He he, he kind of lives in the South, so uh, mm. he does a lot of those conventions. And so he he's actually we're sending him quite a few books, you know, as part of the payment, and he'll be he'll be signing those for sure. But I I don't know if we will have any of those available. Just from a logistical standpoint, we'll probably be just selling the the regular books. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess the, the only other thing I can think of is uh, these will these will be basically releasing and shipping when you know Lost Light and Optimus Prime number one themselves are releasing, right? That's correct. And I believe Optimus Prime was scheduled to be released tomorrow, but I just heard that it's going to be delayed a week. So yeah, I, I stopped watching dates with comics after a while because I'm just like, you know, yeah. it's a happy surprise if I just wake up to find out it's out. <laughs> yeah, I never really really paid much attention to him either I, i'm more of a comicsology guy these days and uh and so now i'm you know i'm now i'm very invested for the first time in a while it's <laughs> kind of funny but i you know i don't mind we're we're happy to to wait just to get the uh cool books in hand i mean it's it's one of one of the things that i, I think is nice to see in a world where digital has become uh, a really big and and I would I would basically I would almost say it seems like it's it's on par with the numbers for for floppies right now, 
Um, mm-hmm. Especially, especially if, you know, on, on in the positive end, for folks who don't have a local comic book store, it's been a huge uh, couple of years. But uh, yeah, like like retailer incentive covers. Every time I see those, I'm like, all right, like you know, there are still enough people interested in physical book, physical floppy books, for this to be a survivable idea um, to the publisher at least. You know. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, yeah, these these will be out soon. Um, is there anything else, uh, info-wise, you wanted to drop about the two covers? Um, no, I mean, I just, I'm really, really happy with how they turned out, and I, I can't wait to, to bring them to you guys, and they'll be available on our website as soon as they are released. Cool. Um, yeah, well, well I've got That's rippedapparel.com, R-I-P-T. Man, that's a good URL. That's where I would have <laughs> gone if I was looking for ripped apparel. <laughs> is the dot .com. <laughs> Uh, I wanted I wanted to, uh, to to tug at your ear a little bit more about um, just the the space you operate in um, sure. with, uh, with with time t-shirts because I as, as someone who is completely on the on the layman's end of like yeah I bought a couple of them um, it's it's it, it was weird how suddenly to me and and how sort of all of it like all of a sudden uh, timed t-shirts or just a thing I accept as, yeah, that's that's part of the internet. Time t-shirt releases with uh, with interesting artwork by independent artists. Um, since you've been in the space for so long, like, what... Because, uh, I mean, you said, like, you know, it's it's not even really 24 hours now, it's more like 36 hours. Like, like how much how much does that space still evolve and change? Uh, like, is it in a, p- a period now where it's sort of f- found the numbers that, it, that you could say it would settle in, or do you think it's still shifting around? I, I definitely think it's still shifting around. I mean, it's kind of a back and forth. Um, the reason it kind of blew up was, if, if you know anything about screen printing, um, it's really all about the setup. Same thing with almost any sort of manufacturing, you know, like making, even making toy parts. You know, you just got to get the molds made, and then you can make as many as you possibly can, because it, it costs just as much to make one as it did to make 2,000. You know? Yeah. So... With T-shirts, it's kind of the same situation. So, um, with with having a timed, a twenty-four hour like basically pre-order period, you know exactly how many you need to make, and then you set up the job and print exactly how many were sold, and then ship them out without any kind of uh, overages. Whereas a typical kind of, when, I remember back in maybe the '90s, everyone had just like a clothing label or a brand or something they were basically just you know printing thousands of product and then having to try to sell them and then discount the the leftovers yeah so it's basically it it's a very lean operation where you basically are only printing as much as you sell and everything is a cash positive um cash positive workflow so everyone's basically everyone's paid for everything that you're going to make before you make it yeah, and, and, and so, of course that creates a sense of excitement for the buyer. Like I know, like yeah, uh, there there was a I can't remember what site it was anymore, but there was an artist who had done a whole uh, I think eight different T-shirts based on City of Heroes, which is a game I used to play. Um, oh jeez! And uh, they released them all through uh, a time T-shirt release site. It was like I think a one week or a five day window. Probably uh, like pop up tea or something like that. Something like that, yeah. And uh, I remember that I I just got really excited because I was like, oh man, like end of this week because I, I wanted all the t shirts uh, and and it, it felt like I was getting a cool set of you know semi limited run t shirts. Like the art the artist had straight up said like I would like to run another one or two runs of these somewhere down the road. But even even knowing that it was really cool because I was like, yeah, these are these are not shirts I'm just going to walk into a store and get. Like these were made to order. Uh, yeah, it felt very special. Well, and they probably all fit a certain aesthetic that that artists matched. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's actually a couple aesthetics. It was it was a really cool set of shirts. Um, that's that's more for the city of heroes nerds out there, of whom there are about <laughs> five listening to the podcast in general. Um, <laughs> but uh, you mentioned screen printing because uh, I I learned a lot about screen printing about two years ago when I went to help with a film shoot uh, that was doing a documentary about uh, poster screen printing. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so I actually got to go to a, a somewhat local screen printing operation and see how all that stuff works in person. It was it was fascinating. Um, do you guys work with uh, like a, a local screen printer, or is it more like done uh, at a I guess at a distance? We um, we run our own, we have our own shop. Oh, we sweet. have our own screen printing. Yeah, we have a kind of a, a two story place in Chicago where the website is kind of operated out of the the second floor, and the first floor is our warehouse and printing operation. And um, 
We it's not how it started though. I mean, the company definitely had um, kind of natural growth where we outsourced everything. We just the three owners, me and two friends of mine from high school and college, and yeah. we ended up living in the same city. And we used to outsource the screen printing, and I was kind of the one that knew how to do that. I was kind of on the art side of the of the whole operation, and I would separate the designs and send them to the screen printer. But um, over over the years, we've you know grown and we're able to bring that up that part of it in house, which gives us a ton more quality control. Yeah. So like the colors all look exactly how the artist intended, and the sizing is right, and the it's not like a giant thick, um, you know. I don't know, I, a blot of ink on your chest. You know, it's it's breathable, which yeah. is very important with screen printing because it can be really, really thick if yeah, you do it wrong. I've had some pro like there are some t-shirts I bought online that I don't wear very often because there's this giant uh, square block on the front of my chest where sweat condenses on the inside of the shirt. Uh, yeah, we call that we call that the brick effect. Yeah, <laughs> okay, that's it's awful. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Yeah, there are shirts I hate wearing where I like how they look. But I'm like, I can only wear these for about two hours, and then I really want to change to a breathable T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's not very fun. <laughs> you need another. You need two shirts that day. Yeah. Um, well, I, I I remember one of the things I learned from uh, from watching the guy who was who's I think they primarily did poster work, but but uh, there was something I remember mentioned about how when you get the art files for screen printing, they need to be um, like the layers have to be set up in a particular way. Uh, due to the nature of how screen printing works. Is is the same for T-shirts, or is it a bit more open? Yeah, uh, the, process of, of, the process of preparing the files is pretty much the same. Uh, there are some differences between posters, because that's um, usually water-based ink versus what we're doing, which yeah. is pla- plastisol, and that's actually like liquid plastic. That, that's, a, that's what's usually on your screen-printed shirts. That's why it, it cracks after so long, you know, because it's really just a solid... That's over top of the fabric. Yeah. Um, whereas with the posters, it's water-based ink, so it's it's a little more transparent, and you can the. I'm getting pretty nerdy with this stuff now, but that, it, that, that, is, that is my favorite thing is getting <laughs> nerdy about stuff. So it's all right. <laughs> well, the yeah, the separation process is super important. It's um, basically there's a limit to how many colors you can you can put, and that is the limitation is uh, the size of your screen printing press. Yeah. Um, and ours, you know, we've upgraded to about a 12 color, which is almost an obscene amount of colors. You don't need a, a talented artist can do a lot with like three colors, even like two or one that, that might blow away what a, a novice would do with 12. Like you can actually do some really amazing things with uh, the limitations if you know what to do and how to massage your files. Oh, yeah. But, like a, I've, I've got um, a couple Tom Whalen posters. Um that have a very limited color palette, but look like friggin' amazing. Yeah, I mean the limitation can really bring out some amazing stuff in a in a design that w- you wouldn't wouldn't be there otherwise. It's like like both of these comic covers, they're they're CMYK full full color printing. You know, like if those those would never fly on a T-shirt, or they would just kind of look kind of awful mm-hmm. in my in my opinion. But um, there would be ways to modify them to really to really sing in, in a limited color palette. But yeah. then, so you, you put the shirts on the press and you can put any color, there's a screen for each color and you can put, you can put any color you want in those screens and get some, you know, really messed up looking prints, but there's usually a specific color you're supposed to put in there mm-hmm. on a given print run. And then it goes around the carousel, comes off, goes on to a heating, heated dryer and that like bakes the plastic um, to make it solid, and then you have a finished T-shirt. Uh, have, you, have you guys ever videotaped the process? Yeah, it's there's some really tape in 2016. <laughs> that <led> me. <laughs> yeah, we filmographied it. Uh, no, it, it's I've there, there's some videos on YouTube if you check our our YouTube channel, which is just ripped apparel, but they're not very good. I mean, there's just stuff I threw together like in two work days where I like. Like we're talking like fifteen minute long videos showing the life of a T-shirt, which is kind of excessive. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, it's there's stuff out there, yeah. And we we kind of we'll post videos here and there, like like what's printing today in the shop on our Instagram or or on Facebook or something. So we try. I, I know that it's an interesting process that a lot of people don't really understand, and it's fun to watch. So we try to kind of highlight that since it's you know in our in our backyard yeah, going seems- on a. Little- 
seeing it in person was was incredibly satisfying because every every layer that was placed on the the satisfaction the best way I can describe it is you know when when you watch uh, like footage of people who do custom work on on cars with paint jobs and they peel the masking tape away to reveal like a really crisp pattern it's like yeah. seeing that happen over and over again on on a, a flat surface it was it was really cool uh, and one, one of the posters i saw getting made uh, was for the documentary and it was the glow in the dark variant so then the guy was adding the glow in the dark ink on top of everything wow uh, it was it was fascinating like I, I would encourage anyone listening to this like you know go and like check out some footage of screen printing because it is one of the coolest physical art processes out there right now um, yeah, it, it's really cool, and it, it's existed forever, but just with the advent of the computer, like, it's kind of had a huge resurgence. Oh, Although yeah. now, you know, you were, you were asking about changes in the industry, but uh, digital, they call it DTG, direct-to-garment printing, or digital printing, is kind of, is kind of um, it's, it's a force to be reckoned with compared to screen printing, because yeah. basically the way people think shirts are printed is kind of how that works. Like, like basically <laughs> you're, uh, you know, you're, if you draw something in, in MS Paint and just press print, it's going to print out on your piece of paper, you know, like that's how a lot of people just expect that shirts get printed. Well, that's kind of how these machines work. Mm-hmm. They, they print a, a white, a white layer down that then gets covered by kind of a CMYK print of you know a, there's no limit to the colors although the the color gamut is not quite as as vivid as your you know if you pick the pantones of screen printing yeah but it's definitely something else i would look into if you're interested in this whole this whole world well uh, since, since you guys actually have like your own setup do you do much work outside of stuff for rip like do you guys ever get commissioned to do screen printing for for posters or other type stuff well we we don't do posters because the the process is quite a bit different um, what you were probably seeing, they were probably, let me try to, I don't know if this will be interesting to your viewers, but I know it'll be interesting to you. Let me see if I can try to. the only thing that's important as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. <laughs> let me see if I can describe what you were seeing. So you, they were doing a poster, so they would do like all the posters one color at a time. Is that yes. right? Yes, that's right. So they would, okay, so then they'd have like a giant drying rack, maybe off to the side, which was this like metal wire thing. or I mean, And then like they would print one pull it off, put it somewhere to dry, pull the other one in, you know, align it, pull the screen down, pull the squeegee, and then do that for the whole run of the posters. So then the ink dries, and then they change out the screen for a the next screen, put the color in, and do it all over again. Yeah, yeah. Whereas we do all the colors at once on each each garment as it goes around. So you only dry at one time. And the ink is very different, and like the amount of space it takes is very different. And we just aren't really set up for for um, the poster printing. I would lo- I would love to do it. We we do sell posters, but they are digitally printed. Although we set up our files in such a way where it almost looks like it's still screen printed. It's almost oh, yeah. the exact same print as the screen print. And I want so. I want to stress that like you know a digitally printed poster or or you know a well done art print like it's not like screen printing is categorically superior from an objective level but there it's just a different craft that makes it you know it can it can result in different uh, this is for the, the, the listener by the way it can result in like different uh delivery of like texture just like the weight of the of the image like as a physical object you're holding even um there might be might be slight uh variations between each print as well yeah like uh, a ju- um the registration might be off slightly which which a lot of people like it's kind of the kitsch of the whole process yeah, yeah. Now the, when when I was at that screen printing shop, the um, the, I, I overheard because the the filmmaker who's uh, actually was my editing instructor back at film school uh, is a huge nerd for screen printed posters, and uh, so so were, guess what? So were the guys working at the screen printing shop. Oh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> so they they were talking a whole lot about um, uh, this is where I'm going to sound like a complete noob because uh, I was talking about Tom Whalen, uh, acid free. Uh, they were talking about acid free a whole lot. Um, yeah, they're they're really cool, and you know what? Tom Whalen is. Uh, we worked with him a long time ago. He did a shirt for us, and he's he's always been one of my favorites. Yeah, so like, I just wanted to shout out <laughs> his uh, his his like Transformers and Voltron stuff. Uh, yeah, not not just those two. He's done lots of other properties, but um, you know, I heard about him first through some of his Transformers posters, and uh, I think I, I grabbed one of the Transformers posters he did, and and his Voltron poster that was on Acid Free a couple years ago, and I, that's also when I realized this stuff looks really great, and I have nowhere to put it, so I need to stop buying these. <laughs> I know. But, uh, no, it's I, got a big big stack of uh, posters sitting in the corner somewhere, right? 
Yeah, I got, I got, I got the tube. Um, yeah, me too. Very, very <laughs> fat tube. Uh, but, but it, it was so cool. Just the, those couple of months when I was, I helped for the one day on the film, and I was and from that just got so interested in that process. Um, that like I, as someone who knows very little of it, I, I get quite excited when I hear about anyone who actually does it, because <laughs> it, it was, it was, uh, it was so fascinating, and and it's. It's, it's it's one of those things like I guess kind of what you were you're mentioning like in you know in 2016 a lot of people still don't really know how it works uh, like myself included like in 2014 when I went to that screen printing place and I saw how they were doing it I was like I didn't know this was even a thing I assumed that this stuff was all done like you were saying like you push the printer button and it it makes the art on the yeah. medium um, it it is kind of cool. Because- because it's a very, I mean, it, the digital side of it, like the computer side, is very ingrained at this point. I mean, it didn't used to be, but it just makes certain things super easy, which allows a lot more complexity in the in the um, the final product. But it is such a phys- actual physical process that you know, in in a in such a automated digital world these days, it, it's kind of refreshing. Yeah, like the, the ink is actually just paint. Well, it's you know I call it paint, but it's plastic that's in a bucket, and you can't just you have to like eyeball the colors. There's formulas to get like the Pantone color, but you're really just like weighing out grams of a pigment and dipping it into the the ink, and then you have to swirl it with your hands and then divvy it out onto onto the screen. It's kind of like I mean, it's almost like a bakery in a way. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's got it's uh, the the poster stuff I saw. Like um, what I said, it was as satisfying as when they peel you know masking tape off of a freshly uh, freshly painted car. It was it was you know it's similar with baking. It's just there's such a, a process to it that is so satisfying and on, on a vicarious level to watch. Um, I guess another another example I could give is like there was a period where I suddenly really enjoyed watching videos of people assembling and disassembling airsoft guns. Uh, because it's just such, it's, just, it's it's satisfying to see this mechanical device get you know it's it's not a very huge one but there's just enough pieces where it's fun to see it get put together and taken apart. Um, I was I was actually going to ask you because uh, you, you mentioned like the nature of uh, you know Photoshop and other layer based digital art programs uh, and imaging programs. Do you still every now and then run into when you're working with a new artist like do you ever have to kind of have a talk about how to set the layers up or is it, oh. is it so ingrained? It is always, <laughs> I'm trying to say this nicely, it is <laughs> a struggle at times, yes. But we love having new artists come in, and it's always refreshing. But there do come times when I have to remember, like, not everyone knows these really specific processes and details. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've been doing it, I've, I've, I've done this with over 5,000 designs, you know, so it's it's easy to forget that sometimes that, you know, not everyone understands this stuff. And... We, you know, we've had designs that get sent in, and they're, they're like multicolor. Um, well, I guess the process by which people submit. I mean, anyone can submit a design to us, and all they have to submit is a 800 by 800 pixel JPEG of their design, and that from there we, um, you know, make the selections. And it used to be in our infancy. It used to be you had to submit the final print file. That way, it kind of just saved a whole step of having to like grab get that file from the artist, but it. It also was tricky because artists aren't really keen on giving you their final product, you know, without yeah. any sort of deal. Because, like, what if I just ran off and made 2,000 of them without telling them? Of course, we would never do that. But um, we do have, like, situations where someone submits that JPEG and then that's all they have when it comes time to print. It's oh, like, no. oh, that's not going to work, buddy. <laughs> like, what? And But, you know, people... People are from all walks of life. They don't understand the process. They they think they just make their cool image, and they don't know all the things that happen behind the scenes. And we try to make it, you know, we don't we don't require everyone to know that stuff. There's just a few basics. There's like an FAQ where, where we kind of explain what we can. And there's also an artist, um, a ripped artist group on Facebook that's got a, a lot of users that are pretty active and will help people. Like I don't have to answer every question that comes in because someone will typically answer it for me because they've been yeah. in there for so long, which is great. But I mean, as as kind of the art director and the you know, creative force here, I have to, I, I do have to field a lot of those those questions, and you know, I kind of, I actually do enjoy it. You know, you get a you get to teach some people something new, and you never know it might just they might just take off and become super talented with just a few steps, a few lessons you gave them. So yeah, it's, it's worth it. 
No, I'm, I'm a like I don't, I don't do a lot of still image work, but um, like I, I'm I'm one of those people who will save every single layer, even the discarded duplicates. Because mm. I'm like, what if I want to look at the you know the the horrible line work version before I settle on how this looks? Like I, I hate I hate deleting stuff. Uh, in my video yeah, projects, yeah. I have tons of you know just dupe sequences that are there's nothing interesting about them to anybody but me. But it's like, oh, here's the different audio balance I did. Um, no, oh, cool. Uh, I don't, I don't want to, don't want to run too far on the tangent. Even, even though I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling very satisfied right now. But uh, no, I, I love talking about this stuff. Not, not everyone even you know understands the process. So it was nice to really kind of get to delve into that a little bit. That's that's always my goal with with having recorded talks with people is I I, I like to have what I consider to be interesting information put on record so that you know even if people aren't super interested now like at least it's there so when someone does go like huh I wonder what screen printing's like I remember that idiot evangelist was talking about it then <laughs> you know I can go like yeah listen to this this podcast supplemental <laughs> um, yeah I mean there, like I said there are there are some videos out there I mean. Just if you just search screen printing on YouTube, I mean, there's just tons of stuff out there. But turns out it's a thing. Just, it's yeah, <laughs> it's uh, a pretty cool thing. It's definitely a rabbit hole you can uh, you can get lost in. Yeah. No, I mean, I I I bought two prints without even having frames or anywhere to put them. Oh man, and I learned so much about frames. I learned why they're <laughs> called acid free. I didn't even know that was a thing that there are like you know there's acid free frames and there's frames where it's like the 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 makeup of the of the clear plastic that might be in the front panel of the frame will have an adverse effect over years on the quality of the ink of the print uh which is a great way to feel terrified about buying frames at Walmart by the way yeah. if you ever want to just yeah, ruin that for yourself go and go and read that up on that yeah, um, ar- ar- archiving you know legitimately can be crazy process i okay the 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 editing instructor the filmmaker from him because he had just bought one i learned that people who are way into screen printed art prints they buy uh architect uh desks because those things have really huge wide thin drawers which are perfect for storing lots and lots of posters oh yeah yeah totally it's also like there's this whole hobby that's that you know, the hardcores, they buy architect equipment to store their collections. <laughs> and I'm like, there's, I, just, I, was, I remember I told him, I was like, I feel like there's a, this feels like you've told me point A and point C, and there's a point B in the middle that could really be making this simpler. But there aren't enough people uh, for, you know, like I asked him, like, why does no one make a dedicated desk? And he basically was like, because all the people who would have bought one bought architect desks already. Uh <laughs> yeah, the last thing I want to ask you, because uh, I just like asking people this when I have them on here. Um, uh, if you are uh, at all into into the toy collecting side of things on Transformers or just Transforming Robots, is there anything? Oh yeah, is there anything interesting in the last you know month or so that that, that really stuck with you? You'd like to talk about? Man, most most of the stuff I've bought is just on pre order, but I have. Uh, I did, you know, I I, I saw that plant. Okay. I'm gonna. People that know me are gonna be like, "Oh, you're so full of it, Paul." But I, I don't buy a lot of third-party stuff, and I and I kind of have my stance against it in certain times. But I got. I just pre-ordered that Planet X Starscream, mm-hmm. and uh, one of my coworkers got it in hand, and it is pretty great. Yeah, I'm. Uh, that, that's on my long list because I'm a huge fan of the video game High Moon designs. Um, and so, you know, of course, Planet X's stuff is well on my radar. Uh, it's going going off that because uh, I've always felt as someone who buys a lot of third party stuff where I've kind of at least accepted the the IP guilt side of it um, with Planet X's video game stuff when I got their Grimlock I felt the the most strange mixed emotions I've ever felt about a toy because I felt like finally this Grimlock design that the game's lead dude was so excited about has a very good high-end figure made of it and i felt so good and like finally it had you know someone had done right by the design but then i also paused and went like it's a shame nobody who worked on the design will really see any benefit from this because most of that team has been dismantled and moved on to other projects um so it's a, it's a video game toys like i just i feel yeah because that creative team basically no longer exists i feel like there's an even bigger strange feeling about those toys well but i bet they're also just kind of i bet a lot of them have seen it you know oh, if yeah. they were really they're so passionate about that game and 
you know, the work they did, I bet they're actually just probably happy that it exists. Yeah. And, and that's actually one of the toys that got me like saying, okay, okay, I can get this. This is, this is actually amazing. <laughs> so I had to get that one too. That, yeah. Uh, Grimlock. And the, uh, the, the Grimlock, I, I actually paid the extra to order that straight from Asia. I was so excited about that figure. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I was like, I'll pay the extra 20 bucks. I want him right now. And uh, I felt quite good about it. I'm uh, I'm I'm quite psyched about that Optimus they're doing because uh, that's man that second video game Optimus his official toy I don't hate it but I'm super glad there's going to be a very large one because yeah. the official toy is not large it's uh, anti-large. Um, well, I, I guess I'm 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 kind of excited for that Megatronia. Thing oh that's yeah, coming out. the uh, Japanese. It's a little release. weird. Well, it's a little wacky, but um, I feel like the the Mega Empress is totally worth it. I think that's really a kitschy figure and, and like a female Megatron. It's kind of funny. And I think that the limbs will look really good on the Scourge. Oh, yeah. That had, the, that the, had no limbs. Yeah, the, the Black Optimus. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how those look in person because I've got a couple Unite Warriors releases now, and I've got, I've got Bruticus and Computron who are quite paint-intensive. And uh, the the paintwork on them uh, is really striking uh, in person, especially when you have clashing colors. So with Megatronia having like bright colors over black, I'm I'm thinking that's going to look pretty sharp. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be out. I mean, pretty soon, right? <laughs> yeah, in, in January or something like that. Um, oh boy, that's going to be a spend. I, that's that's actually pretty close. I yeah, to, to get ready for <laughs> right that. after right after Christmas. So <laughs> hopefully you get some money from good old family. <laughs> hopefully Santa Claus starts to exist and then gives me some money. Yeah, uh, or just gives you the toys. <laughs> I went to Big Bad Toy Store and broke in, and here you go. <laughs> no, Santa Claus told me I could do it. Your name is Big Bad Toys Store. He basically owns you. Uh. Well, thanks very much for your time. Uh, before we just get on the tangent of justified theft of toys <laughs> from warehouses, um, so you know, if, if people do want to check out these covers, they're going to be at RippedApparel.com. Uh, they will be out when the books are out. I'm sure you guys will, will put a big blast out on social media once they show up at the warehouse. Yeah, definitely. It looks like it's going to be you know early in early to late September or December for both of them. So. I hope it's not September. That would be a hell no. of a delay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely December. And look for look for it and we will you know, I I'm again really excited to have them and thanks thanks so much, Evangelist, for having me on to talk about it and chat a little bit about the company. So Yeah, no worries. Um, I hope somebody I hope I hope exactly one person I'm not going to be mad if it's two but I don't want to set my hopes too high so I hope exactly one person came out of this listening to this saying hey I want to go look up screen printing uh, if more than one of you did or if just one of you did please let me know in the thread because uh, darn that would make me feel all high and mighty um, and yeah thanks uh, thanks Paul for your time and uh, maybe we'll talk to you later alright thanks a lot alright see you later Add all that up, I don't know what the f*** it means, but you got some badass perpetrators that are here to stay.